We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Thanks for listening to Saints Happy Hour. We are a family here. You know what families do? They support each other. And if you aren't a patron, we need your support. All the great content you consume for free takes time and money. If you love the show and listen regularly, please become a patron. We need you. Supporting Saints Happy Hour can cost you as little as 23 cents a day. That's what the Saints should have paid Kenny Stills. So please go to Patreon slash Saints Happy Hour and support the show today. This is Sean Payton, head coach of the New Orleans Saints. What's with this Saints Happy Podcast? This has to be the worst Saints podcast in the world. Ralph can't say anyone's name right. Andrew doesn't know football. Everyone has a hard time listening to Dave. And is Kevin even there tonight? The audio with this podcast, my God, the audio, it's its painful. No! right, everybody, welcome to another Just the Saints Happy Hour podcast. This is a new off-season show that we're doing. We're going to go live on YouTube once a week, Thursday at about 9.05, 9.10, depending when me and Andrew and Thomas can get our crap together. Uh, thanks for joining us. If you're listening to the audio-only version, subscribe to the YouTube channel so you can join us live. You get the alert. And you'll know when we go live every Thursday. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to subscribe to the channel so you can know when we go live. And uh become a patron support the show support the saints happy hour family we've had a ton of people sign up this week become annual patrons you get the mug it's amazing we're the best saints podcast we're the best saints community anywhere join us we're the best uh andrew we're gonna fight tonight i the discord channel people are disparaging me because i think max strong his knee is gonna fall out Carson. The dude has eight nails in his knee. He had Ralph knee surgery where they took, right. they took uh, Carson Strong. They took bone out of his hip and put it in his knee. He had a knee scope in August. This dude, he's got a trick knee. I'm scared. I like his tape, and I know you tape eaters love him, but I'm scared, Andrew, his knee. I feel like it's, it's delicate. Well, Jameis Winston's coming off ACL. Do I need to read the laundry list of Taysom Hill? I, I could either do this season or I could do his whole career. <laughs> I mean, which which would you prefer? Yeah, but they didn't. They're not going to spend a first round pick on either of those. True. I mean, that's a that's the sunk, thing they've is sunk a lot of money into Taysom Hill. The thing is, I will say is I'm a hundred convinced, hundred percent convinced when you combine. Uh, Carson Strong, when you can combine his trick, his trick knee and the fact that he went to Nevada, I'm 100% convinced 
that dude's going to be there at 18. So if they want him at 18, they can get him. Like there's, there's no way that dude's going in the top 10. And I, I will put that marker down and you can make fun of me, laugh at me if he does. No way. Yeah, I don't think he was going top 10 anyway, honestly. Um, just because I think going to Nevada, injury history, and uh, he's not like super athletic, like just able to make plays with his legs. So I think that's kind of a trifecta where he prob- he's not a top 10 prospect in my opinion mm-hmm. you only dropped a guy in the top 10 to me as a quarterback if you're like there, there's no doubt this guy's yeah. gonna be awesome like I'll, I'll be honest like i didn't think zach wilson was a top 10 talent like i i i i didn't think i mean trey lance was like supremely talented but like i'm not sure i would have picked him in the top five yeah I definitely. What's the dude in Chicago? I always I forget his name. Trubisky. Ohio State. Oh, no, Fields. Ohio State yeah, Josh, like Justin Fields. Fields. Justin Fields. I, I've always had question marks about him. So like, I I like I say that, and yet like I still like Carson Strong as a prospect better than those guys. But I wouldn't have yeah. taken them in the top ten either. You know. So. Yeah. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, Kenny Pickett, like those guys are top 10 picks. The thing is with, with Carson, with Carson strong is his, his medical is the thing. Like he, I, I think there's a scenario where teams are like, his, this knee, this knee is horrible and he doesn't get picked until the second or third round. And there's just a case where it's, it's fine. And, you know, you and the tape eaters are correct. And he goes middle first round, late first round. Um, well, the saints gave up a third round pick for Teddy Bridgewater. And um, I mean, the that's right. knee, knee issue that he was coming off of was about as horrific as it gets. Um, well, so Carson strong at least has recency of kicking ass for the last year on that's team. right. You know, that's so, right. I, I don't know. He, like, if you compare and, that to Teddy Bridgewater, I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, yeah, think. when they traded for Teddy Bridgewater, we were like, they traded a third-round pick for him? Didn't his knee just explode? Um, and and he was on, like, a one-year deal. So, yeah. like, whoa. whoa Here's the thing doing? with the Saints, and, and, and you've said this before. Like, the Saints have a risk tolerance for free agency, for the cap, for everything that other teams just don't. And I think, Andrew, it stems back to the fact they were they bet big on Drew Brees – and it hit. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that sort of gives them this, you can call it bravado, you can call it whatever you want. But the Saints, they they will do things other teams don't, you know? Yeah, and also, you know, I think another thing about this whole, I mean, Ryan Ramchek was a big injury risk. Let's not That's forget, right. you know. And, and and he's had some injuries, actually, <laughs> Yeah, uh, since he started in his career. But uh uh, Lattimore had some hamstring question marks, you know, so this isn't, this wouldn't be the first draft prospect that they would look at that. Look, I'm not a doctor, man. Like you have your medical, <laughs> you have your medical team assess it and then you make a call, you know? And, and I, I think like, that's it. You know, I think the they, thing they is, man, it, the thing is, I'm not even going to describe what the issue that he had when they put the eight nails in his knee. Uh, because it's like, really, I'll just butcher it. And, uh, but, uh, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, we got a long way to go in the draft process. And and the main thing in this podcast is that I wanted to talk about is uh, 
and Mike Triplett brought it back up, but it was something that percolated during the year. And I actually had Thomas make up, do the refs hate the Saints? He actually made that graphic for me. And we were going to do it, me and Andrew were going to do a daily show on it, but we just kept putting it off because the Saints, with the injury apocalypse, we don't need topics during the year. We just did breaking news on injuries, right, Andrew? But yeah. the thing is, the last four years, the Saints have had the fewest penalties called on their opponents. And the thing is, it's 386 penalties called against the Saints opponents the last four years. It's the fewest. And the thing is, it's the fewest by an incredible margin. The Vikings are as close to fifth as, the, as they are to the Saints. And they're the sec- they've had the second fewest amount of penalties called to them. So, like, the referees what's, what's to me – What's the discrepancy between the two? It's, um, how many penalties? It's 24. Or yeah, 21. It's 21 penalties difference between the Vikings and the Saints. The Saints have the fewest. The Vikings have the second fewest. The Jets are fifth at 441. So it's almost the same amount of difference between the Saints and Vikings as it is between the Vikings and the Jets, who are fifth. And I just think, Andrew, the Saints, the no call, the yelling at the refs, Sean Payton getting uh, pass interference reviewable. I think the refs hated the Saints for doing that, and they've been punishing them every single year since. Yeah, it's just interesting because I would think they would just penalize the Saints. Like they would just be <laughs> yeah. quicker to throw flags for pass interference. Uh, but it's it's interesting that it's like, no, we're just not going to penalize the team they're playing. Um, that's a, certainly an interesting way to approach. But yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to... And, and I think that's it. I think you you hit the nail on the head. If they're really, and I'm not necessarily saying there is, but I think the the best year they've had over the last four years is 30th in the league, right, with opponent yeah. penalty. So, I mean, they were 30th, 31st, or 32nd, and a couple of those years they were 32nd. So, um, or just maybe it was twice 31st, once 32nd. Yeah, that's wild. That that's wild consistency in terms of your opponent not being penalized, and uh, I mean, I don't I don't want to be a tinfoil hat wearing kind of person conspiracy theory, but like that's alarming. When when you look at that as a, a fact, it's really alarming. And if there was a reason for it, I I don't think it has anything to do with the Rams in 2019. But I do think you're right it stems from Sean Payton and Sean Payton being on the, on the competition committee. Uh, he went nuts about the pass interference, no call justifiably. So, and got a rule changed and, you know, forever it's been the refs judgment calls are never questioned. And that all changed that rule change. And for a year, the NFL tried to do it. It was a freaking disaster. Refs were very resistant to overturning you know, I think I think when you challenged a pass interference, it was overturned like less than ten percent of the time. Like the success rate was really low. So I think refs were very resistant to making changes, even if it was clear on on tape, because they just didn't yeah. want to undermine themselves. And so, is there resentment across the referee pool towards Sean Payton because that happened, and they continue to hold it against him? I'm not saying that's a thing, but like that's that's the next logical deduction. I'm saying it's a thing, and and I'll take it a step yeah, further. I mean, the, maybe 
He he got off the competition committee after a decade plus on it, and he just said, I'm not going to say anything about it because I don't want to get fined. I think Sean Payton knows. Like, they know. And I think him getting off the competition committee, I take it as him. It's him saying to the referees, I'm done. Like, please. I'm Like, he's not saying he's, he's not going to come out publicly and beg them to be more fair to the Saints. But I think that's his, like, olive branch. and be like, I'm off the comp- competition committee, guys. Please call more penalties on our opponents now. Like, I, I really believe that. And it's just. Well, it hasn't worked yet. <laughs> no. And it today, by the way, I like the, the, I get that Atlanta fans are piling on the Saints about the no call. And I get ESPN tweeting out because Twitter is all about engagement and making people mad. But today, Saints fans bringing it up, like, it's just like, why do you want to bring up that wound? It's I feel like it's just Saints Twitter. We just like cut ourselves today, and we just made ourselves painful for no reason. And it was a little bit, it was a little bit annoying today on Twitter. I'm like, I don't John, need to see. John, Jonathan McWhorter has an interesting comment here. He says, "I heard a pod with a former Bucks D lineman. I'd be curious to know which player it is, but he says he said straight up that the games are not decided on the field. He said the NFL has a script." And he wants to know what our, our our take is on that. Are we watching wrestling? It's an interesting question. I mean, I, I'll say this: when you look at how pissed the coaches and players are, they lose their mind. Like they they, they aren't good in actors, on the man. Like when, what's that? <laughs> They're pretty good actors, man. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like you know, w- with wrestling, the, the clearly the athletes are in on the script. We know that, right? But are like, they? Oh yeah, <laughs> but but in the NFL, I don't believe the players and, or at least not all the players and and and, and coaches are not. So referees, I mean, is it that big of a leap when we know that uh, what was that Donahue guy in the NBA? That's right. Ended up getting pinched for taking cash. Is it really that big of a leap to say that potentially NFL referees are on the take? I don't think I don't think it is. I, I don't necessarily think that the NFL is con- completely scripted like uh like the NFL like wrestling, but I 100% believe 100% believe that the the NFL they have teams that they'd prefer win, you know? Like oh, for sure. And they'll help them. Uh I mean Dallas like the Saints, the Saints should be a market like their TV share market, like it's a top five TV market in, in the country, football. It's and I don't understand how that is, but like for a small market like New Orleans, everyone watches the Saints, dude, and everyone watches non Saints NFL football dude, in New Orleans. How crazy is this? Half of the TVs that were on Saturday in New Orleans were watching the Bengals playoff game because it they was were Joe Burrow. Like. I mean, it's part of the culture. Like Louisiana loves football, and I, I don't know. Like it would kind of be good for the NFL. Now, when the Saints were playing in L.A. Rams yeah. in that NFC Championship game, there is no doubt that the NFL wanted desperately for <laughs> Los Angeles to get to a Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl because of the interest it would drum. What up is in that? Los Angeles. That's a, this. That game. Speaking of that game. 
I don't know who to root for. Like, do you root for Tom Brady? Do you root against the Rams? Like, and what does the NFL want? Like, if the NFL, it, let's say it is wrestling and it and it is scripted. If you're the NFL, do you want the Rams to host a Super Bowl in their new stadium, or yeah. do you want Tom Brady to get a second ring against Patrick Mahomes or Buffalo? Like, what? What's the ideal script if it's fixed? I think anytime you have superstar talent in the biggest game, that's a win. Brady in the Super Bowl, Mahomes in the Super it's like, it's like I just look at tennis like I know they want Federer and Nadal in the, in, the, yeah. in the finals or Djokovic and Nadal, whatever. Like They want the biggest faces because that, will, that, that creates the biggest drama, the best intrigue. So like the NFL would be totally fine with Tom Brady just because of his star power and him being in the Super Bowl just creates a whole narrative and a whole swirl around media interest and, and, you know, fan interest and all that. So uh, Brady would be a good thing, but I, but I still think it's kind of a black eye on the Rams that they play San Francisco in a game for their division. San Francisco's playing for the playoffs and 49ers fans drove down, drove down the Bay, you know, and, and, Took over packed the out that, yeah, took over their stadium, which means that Rams fans don't give a shit and they don't exist. And so <laughs> I, I think that's kind of embarrassing for Los Angeles. Because obviously I think like they're not into they have a very successful team. They have my God, man, they have Aaron Donald, they just traded for Stafford, they have Jalen Ramsey, like they they just traded they just got Odell Beckham Jr. Like they have all this firepower, all this glitz and glamour. They got Va- uh, Vaughn Miller, you know, all these superstars come to LA and they've gotten all these big names and they still can't pack out the stadium when they're winning games, they're going to the playoffs, they're going to Super Bowls. And it just like, it's weird, man. LA is a piss poor market and, and it always has well, been. And that's why teams for- come, they leave and it keeps happening. But like, I think the NFL wants them to win a Super Bowl so it can kind of galvanize a team being there and a fan base can maybe get behind it. You know, here's the thing that I think people forget about the L.A. market. L.A. hasn't had a team in more than half a century. They were the L.A. Rams, but starting in the early 70s, they didn't play in L.A. They played in Anaheim, right? So L.A., the city, they didn't really necessarily cultivate that fan base. So I think... You know what about the Ra- Raiders? Where do they play? I mean, the, the Raiders, they played in the Coliseum. The Raiders, though, the Raiders are such an iconic brand. Their fans are the one fan base in all of sports. They don't even care where the Raiders play. Like, if you're a Raider fan, they can jump to Vegas. They can play in Oakland. They could play in L.A. They could move to Lafayette. And Raider fans are still going to be Raider fans. Like... The Raiders are a weird, yep. a weird, iconic brand in that way. Um, it's yeah, it's a good point. But I, you know, it, and, it, 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 and there's a history of them moving around. They've gone to Oakland. Right. They've gone to L.A. They've gone to Vegas now. Yeah, so back to Oakland. Yeah. So here, we had some some interesting stuff in the chat. People are talking about uh, Jameis or Russell and that sort of thing. And and we talk about the quarterback all the time. Can I can I just weigh in on the Bucks versus uh, um, Rams real quick? Like who I want to win? 
I want the asteroid to win. That's who I want. Yeah, you want you're rooting for McBain. Yeah, um, I'm rooting for. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I I feel oddly at peace about this game. I think I tweeted about this earlier last week, but like I strangely, Ralph, like I, it's like kind of house money because either way, I'm either gonna see McVeigh like just disgusted, or I'm gonna see Tom Brady disgusted. So, you know, like, it's win-win. Like, one of those two teams will be out. Their fan base, their coach, their players will be, they'll have their guts ripped out. And, like, either way, I'm kind of here for it. So, like, I'll root for whoever wins this game to lose the following week, of course. <laughs> but, you know, in the here and now, like, I'm just going to enjoy whoever loses, basically. I'll end, we'll end on this and, then I'll, this, and then we'll get to some more Saints stuff. I will say this. It would be low-key hilarious. If the Rams beat Tampa, San Francisco goes to Green Bay and wins, and then the Rams host the NFC Championship, and the 49ers take over their stadium again and beat them and punk them out of a Super Bowl, and you look back and they're like, if we'd have just not blown a 17 to nothing lead, we'd probably be in the Super Bowl. That would be hilarious to me. Oh my God, the 2021 Saints injury apocalypse is upon us. And there is only one thing that can help you get through it. That is the Saints Happy Hour Survival Mug. That's right. It makes any alcohol you pour in it to help you survive the Saints injury apocalypse taste 75% better. It's science. How do you get the Saints season survival mug? You become a Saints Happy Hour annual subscriber. You get the mug for free. And you get two months off. You get access to this podcast every day. You get access to our Discord channel, which we talk Saints 24-7. It's amazing. You should do it. Get the Saints Happy Hour Survival Mug to help you through the rest of the 2021 Saints season. And you're going to need it for the offseason. You're going to need it for the draft. So do it. Go to SaintsHappyHour.com and sign up today. If that happens, uh, I, I would consider forgiving Vernon Davis. <laughs> uh did you, I, I i did not know this actually uh i don't know if you have the breaking news siren uh but ck says that dennis allen is interviewing with the bears he i saw that you, you knew that i i saw that's that earlier that's a good it's a good it's a good use of the breaking news siren here's the th- here's the thing with that that's interview news to me. here's the thing with that it makes it doesn't make sense to me on one level in that the bears they have fields. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't that be you? Trade you traded two number yeah. ones to get yeah. fields. You would want an offensive guru coach. You want to, yeah. You want someone to, to develop him. Yeah, that's where you think of that. But it does make sense in this sense. If the Bears are going to hire Jeff Ireland as the GM, you hire Dennis Allen, the guy who Jeff Ireland has been working with. For five, you know, for seven years. Yeah. So, that would so, suck. I mean, it, it it makes a little bit. It makes uh, it makes a little bit. Of sense. Thanks to uh, thanks to thanks to Tariq, he says that's the best timeline. Yeah, my 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 idea, like I would be rooting hard for San Francisco against the Rams in the NFC Championship, especially if San Francisco takes over their stadium. Like that would just. Do you know, yeah. Andrew? One last thing. If 
if, if San Francisco played in the Rams in the NFC Championship and took over their stadium in the NFC Championship, would it be the most embarrassing moment for a fan base in the history of football? Yes, and I would, I would love it. I would absolutely love it. Because I'd be like, cool NFL city, NFL. You like that, Roger? Nice job. Uh, by the way, did you see that the Pelicans house the Knicks? Tonight? I love it. I thought I, I was watching a Saints Bucks game for a second there. I, and I want to say this Knicks fan, as I used to be a Knicks fan, I broke up with the Knicks after 98. They got Latrell Sprewell, and I was like, I'm out. And I broke up with them. So I used to be a Knicks fan. I was John Starks, Pat Riley, Patrick, and the whole bit. And I made fun of them like three or four years ago when De- when David Griffin turned down the Knicks and he ended up going to the Pelicans. I made fun of the Knicks. And ever since then, I guess I got the blue check mark and Knicks fans search it out. They jump in my mentions every so often. They were up in my mentions like a month ago. And today they're like, we're going to kick the crap out of your sad Pelicans. I'm like, you're 22 and 23. You shouldn't be talking crap to anyone. Just Knicks fans are the worst. But speaking of blue check marks, uh, I did apply several days ago, and I have yet to hear. So they're still processing they're me. Still uh, my 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 level of confidence is extremely low. <laughs> extremely low. That this works out, and it, and once it doesn't, uh, hey, Andrew, I, I, to... I got I got the answer from them. You know, they sent me the message. You know, they want me to give you the message about your blue check mark. Check it out. Oh yeah. Fuck you, Andre George. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's what they said me. I had a feeling. That's they said me. Yeah. I don't care that I knew it was coming. <laughs> it's still amazing, Thomas. You're the best. Um, well done. There's no there. Yeah. There's Go no ahead, Russell sorry. Wilson news. Um, but Andrew, I, I, let's do a quick ranking of the Saints' quarterback options. Of you got Jameis as most likely. But you got Russell and Aaron Rodgers as as distant. Where do you put sort of Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo? Like, like, where do you rank those as like, not necessarily do you like them, but like the possibility that they may switch teams? Like, which one is most likely to switch teams? Yeah, like, do you think it's possible? I, think, I guess I think, Jimmy G. I think Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson is done. Not coming back. You? Oh, you really believe that? Or not yeah, coming I to really the Saints or not, not? No, not leaving Seattle. Okay. I mean, I, I, I would bet the house that Wilson is not coming back. To me, the final nail in that coffin was Seattle confirming this, given the stamp of approval to Pete Carroll and their GM, basically like, yeah, we're running it back with those guys. There's just, to me, there's just no way Russell Wilson is sticking around. I would be shocked because now they can actually financially eject from his deal. They can trade him, whereas last year it was cap prohibitive. Yeah. So um, I think he's out. Uh, I think Garoppolo's out. The only thing that could keep Garoppolo is if he goes like if he goes Eli Manning in the playoffs, you know, or Joe Flacco, you know, if he goes nuts in the playoffs, has a couple great games, and they go to the Super Bowl and win, maybe he saves his job in San Francisco. But maybe but wouldn't like, wouldn't you if you're 
if you're San Francisco, you gave three number ones for Trey Lance, wouldn't you be like, hey, we cash out on Jimmy G, Pittsburgh or the Saints or whoever. He just won a Super Bowl. Give us a first round pick and maybe you could get it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I think Jimmy G is done. I think Russell Wilson's done. I would say Russell, I would rank Russell Wilson slightly higher, but I, I think they're both. There's a little bit of TBD just in terms of how far San Francisco gets in the playoffs. Um, Carr, Derek Carr is a maybe for me. It's just going to depend on who the new coach is and what he wants to do. You mean David? Uh, Matt, Matt Ryan is a maybe. <laughs> I, I don't Matt know Ryan. that Matt Ryan is. I mean, you know, they don't really have an option right now. So, like, I wouldn't one. be, I wouldn't be surprised to see Atlanta go after Kenny Pickett, draft him, and then maybe keep Matt Ryan one more year to let him develop. But like, I could also see Atlanta going after a different quarterback. Well, I mean, Atlanta could they could trade Matt Ryan post June one and break the the giant cap hit in the two. Um, you know. Uh, Derek Carr to me, Sean Watson a, obviously is a goner. <laughs> Watson, uh, he's he he's really he's his situation is really bizarre. Like Miami wanted to trade for him, and the owner wanted to talk to him. He wouldn't talk to the owner right before the deadline. Like the Deshaun Watson thing has like nine thousand layers to it. Derek Carr to mo- though Andrew, he's really interesting to me because if the Raiders. If they, you know, they fired Mac. If they blow it up with their coach and they get a new coach and the new coach doesn't like him, I gotta say, like, if you could get, if you could get Derek Carr for a first and like another, like middle, a first and a third or a four, first and a fourth, if you could get him for that and get him on a semi reasonable contract where it's like five years. 150 million, you know, it's like 30 million a year, and the, you finagle the cap hits so they're kind of low the first two years. I, I would be down for that. Like, he, like to me, I look at him and I think he could win a, I think he can win a Super Bowl with him. You'd, ha, you'd need a really good could, roster. Could we, you need to, could we make him refraining from wearing guy liner part of the contract or no, trade? No, 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 that's he gets that's to continue to wear guy liner. Yeah. It's part of the it's part of the package deal, I and he to think about that one. And any picture of him always looks like he just put another body in his freezer. That's that's part of the that's part of the Derek Carr. Charm. I think Derek Carr listened to a lot of the Cure when he was younger. <laughs> I can't decide if he listened to the Cure or like Christian metal or like Marilyn Manson. <laughs> <laughs> You talk about you talk about a person that aged poorly. Marilyn Manson, my God, that dude! Not only does he do horrible things, but he, like just his physical. I was going to say, speaking of Deshaun Watson. Anyway, um, cousins. Somebody said cousins can only be traded post June one for them to save money. Otherwise, Minnesota saves no money. Um, I wouldn't want Kirk Cousins. Like Kirk Cousins, he just looks like a not very fun quarterback. And you like that? Yeah. You like that? And also, if he can't win with that offense in Minnesota, like, yeah, how he's is not Sean going. Payton- it's not going to be any better in New Orleans. I, I mean, we don't have Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson and Kyle Rudolph and Dalvin Cook. That's not the Saints. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> Stephon Diggs. I know yeah. he's in Buffalo now. Um, but. uh uh, we don't have any of those dudes. Yeah. So 
is it is it weird that we haven't had any Saints news? Well, we had the, the Dennis Allen news, but that they haven't had any sort of movement uh, within the Saints coaching staff at all. You know, usually yeah. you usually have a couple of churning moves, like guys get fired, guys contract extend, a coach that they don't necessarily fry, but they leave. They you know they, they leave and go. Is it weird that we haven't had any movement at all on the coaching staff, Andrew? Yeah, I, this is a tough time of year because, like, there are coaches that don't want to leave their teams in the middle of a playoff run, and they don't want to make the announcement because it's a distraction. And so, a lot of times, like, it's just going to be interesting to see, like, if if like a couple teams are waiting, where like if one team signs, let's say Beanie Enemy, right, and then the other teams lost out on them, so then like, all right, we'll get Dennis Allen; he was our second choice, and then it's like it can quickly go from the Saints lose no coaches. Let's say, like, Beanie Enemy Do- doesn't get hired by that one team, and they hire, like, some other dude, right? And then and then Beanie Enemy goes to the second-choice team, and so then Dennis Allen doesn't get that job. And maybe the Saints coaching staff is intact, whereas, case in point with Campbell, he leaves, he brings Aaron Glenn with him, and now Aaron Glenn's a defensive coordinator. So, like, you can go from losing none to losing, like, three coaches really quickly, um, cause they'll just promote you know, a bunch of guys that were on their old staff. So, um, yeah, like I, I think the saints are kind of in limbo for a couple of weeks until some of these playoff teams start to lose. Okay. Tariq just did available. Tariq just did nightmare fuel. Tariq. Tariq. He just did nightmare fuel. Ralph can't say any name. Ralph can't say anyone's name, right? This is nightmare fuel. Andrew saints trade for Kirk cousins and you have unvaccinated court quarterback throwing to unvaccinated corner in practice i mean if that happens we just need to get cole beasley so that kirk <laughs> cousins can throw to cole beasley with a debo in coverage that would be oh my god amazing you're gonna, have, uh, you're gonna have unvaccinated seven on seven <laughs> um we should try to do that the all unvaccinated team yeah you know like a, a thing a bit you know me, Andrew. I'm always looking for. I'm always looking for. I always say the old buddy DX. I'm, don't listen to what the Saints say. Watch what they do. I'm always looking for tips and trends and hints on what's going on. And one of the people I look to, uh, I, I'm just looking to see Russell Wilson. I'm looking to see news. And I know you took it as, hey, they brought Carroll back. They're bringing the GM back. That means he's gone. I wonder about Russell Wilson. Is there a possibility that that gets done way sooner than we think? In a sense of, do you think it won't be around the time the free agent starts, that it could be closer to the Matt Stafford thing, where Matt Stafford happened the week before the Super Bowl, that trade to the Rams. So do you think that there's a possibility that Russell Wilson could happen a lot sooner than we think to the saints or to anybody. I would think that the situation with Jameis Winston is sensitive enough. Like the saints out of respect to him, they wouldn't want things floating out there. I really, I'm with you. You made a comment at one point that if this happens, it's going to be like Jimmy Graham. It's going to be boom, done. (laughs) They did what? I don't think there's going to be a bunch of posturing. I think the more hints 
you see in the media about the Saints being in the mix, the less likely it is to happen. Because then I, I, I just, I, I've seen it too many times now where the Saints are rumored to be doing things, and it's really just agents using Loomis and Sean Payton to further their agenda to get more money from the team they're about to sign with. We saw it with Ndamukong and Sue. We saw it with Odell Beckham. We saw it with, I mean, it just, I, I feel like whenever there's rumors, the Saints are usually on the losing end of that. When there's no yeah. rumors and we get blindsided with news, that means because <laughs> Loomis doesn't negotiate through the media. So, you know, it's all like it's always the other side. Like if you hear a Saints rumor, it's not Loomis because Loomis doesn't do that. So like it's always coming from the other side of the coin. And to me, that's mm-hmm. always a bad sign that like they're just trying to scare people into maybe like giving them an extra million just to get the deal done and make sure so they don't go to the Saints. Ant-Man company. said the Seattle did start doing that. They fired Ken Norton as defensive coordinator. So they're doing stuff. Um, see, it, it it's going to be, it's, fa- it's fascinating. I, I, I love this stuff. Uh, I love talk. I love talking about it. I, this to me, I, and the more I think of this, Andrew, and then we'll get out of here. Mike Lombardi said that he said something interesting today on his podcast. He said, he says, the thing about quarterback that people need to focus on is the quarterbacks that are plug and play are so rare that you have to look at the organizations that are set up to succeed. And I thought of that, and I'm like, you know what? I think that no matter who the Saints get at quarterback, as long as that quarterback is healthy and the Saints don't have injury apocalypse, like, it's going to be okay. Like, Sean Payton is not going to allow it to be a disaster. And I kind of think the baseline for the Saints, worst case scenario, is going to be Jared Goff with the Rams. Now, maybe it won't get to a Super Bowl, but the Rams won a lot of games with Jared Goff, and it frustrated the hell out of them until they upgraded. But I can see a scenario where, like, it's Jameis or whoever. And, like, the the worst case to me is going to be the Saints are winning. They're p- p- maybe a playoff team, fringe playoff team, and we're just frustrated that this we, we see this quarterback and we're like, eh, we win, but we're never winning. The, we're never going far with him. That, to me, is going to be the worst-case scenario with the Saints, and that's a pretty good place to be, I feel like. I mean, is there any way the offense looks worse than it did this year? Like, is there any <laughs> any scenario where the offense is worse than what we just witnessed? I mean, I guess it could look worse. It could It could look as bad for really long stretches where this year it looked bad for a month. It could be yeah. an entire year, I guess, but it couldn't look, it couldn't look worse. It would just be the same, but longer. Yeah. Do you, uh, the other thing and last thing, and then we'll get out of here. And by the way, thanks to everybody for joining us. The more I think about it too, with quarterback, I just, if Sean Payton, if he's committed to the saints, Long term, which I think he is. I don't. I don't think he's going to eject for TV or whatever for two or three years. I don't think Sean Payton wants to go into 2022 with the quarterback unsettled. I think they want to. They want to find their guy, whether it's either trade for a guy or draft a guy. I really don't think they want to go stay in quarterback purgatory and be doing this again in 2023. And that that's to me. They want to get it settled, and that—that's one thing I'm sure of. Do you feel? Do you feel that way as well? Like they're gonna—they're gonna do their damnedest to get it 
settled and they don't want to have a yeah. one year thing. I, I agree with you. And I also think that's why I feel like Kenny Pickett, Carson Strong, like whatever. I, I, I feel like quarterback being drafted by the Saints in the first round is in play this year. I feel like, yeah, well, I mean, it's maybe it's always been in play. Like maybe the, the rumors about Mac Jones this past year were true, and we know we, they were close with Patrick Mahomes. So, you know, they, they've come close, but I, I just wonder if this is the year because when you consider Taysom Hill's contract, do they really want to pay a second contract to another quarterback? I don't think so, but I know they would love to have the best quarterback in the room on a rookie deal. Like, what a great scenario that would be for fixing what you're up against. Yeah. And the Patriots just made the playoffs with a rookie quarterback. So, look, if they can do it, Sean Payton's thinking, with this defense, I can do that too. Give me a guy good enough, you know? Yeah. Like, just, like, like, just, like, I think that's, I think the, the and looking at how Mac Jones played, I 100% believe it. I think Mac, Sean Payton was like, he looked at Mac Jones, he's like, that dude is plug and play. Like, he'll make the right reads, and yeah, he's limited, but give me dude, that give me that dude for five years. Like, my roster's ready to win. Like, and I was wrong about Mac Jones. I call him Alabama Chad Henney. He still may be, but he's way better than I thought, so. I mean, he's um, not getting in the way of them winning games, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. so anyway, guys, thanks for joining us. We do this. We're gonna do this. Try to do this once a week during the off season, at least. Uh, and again, if you listen to the audio only version, become a patron. Join our Saints Happy Hour family. We're having the most fun. Me and Andrew are in Discord a lot of the day, talking Saints, talking draft, making fun of each other. They're just they just rip me to shreds in Discord. Uh, so you should do that. Become a patron. You get access to that. And remember, subscribe to YouTube so you get our YouTube channel so you get the alerts when we go live. So everybody, thanks to Andrew. Thanks to everybody in the chat. Thanks for Thomas for getting up in the middle of the night and being the best producer in the world. Great job, Thomas, as always, guys. Thanks again. And we will see you on the live stream Monday night. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. 
That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. <laughs> 